Welcome to this segment from J Revolution. We are a non-profit evangelism and discipleship organization aiming to evangelize and disciple the lost, as well as help believers deepen their relationship and intimacy with God. We hope that you will be greatly blessed by this segment taken from our J Revolution Neogenesis program. Brothers or buddies. The family is not only made up of leadership, but also of brothers, meaning brothers and sisters. Hebrews 13.1 says, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. You will immediately be drawn to some people in your church and will be able to develop relationships with them easily, while others will take a bit longer for you to develop. As natural sibling relationships are not always easy, the same will apply to some of your spiritual siblings. But relationships are very important and necessary for you to grow, even the difficult ones. You must be willing to open yourself up to new relationships, for they will be extremely beneficial and will help keep you accountable for your spiritual growth. We are not called to be a Sunday club, but we are called to be in relationship with one another, which means regularly meeting, talking, hanging out, having meals together, just as a family would. Be open to your spiritual family as they are key to your growth in Christ. Romans 12 verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honour. 1 John chapter 4 verses 11 to 12 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Serving others or being served? In any family or church, you will have people on different maturity levels. When babies are first born, they need the most attention and need to be fed regularly and cared for more than the older siblings. In the same way, when a person is newly born again, they are an infant spiritually and need more care, nourishment, protection and guidance. While you are an infant and growing spiritually, you will be served by others more than you would be serving others, in exactly the same way you would when you have a baby. You have to do a lot for them, clean them, change their diapers and feed them very often. This does not mean that you don't need to serve as a spiritual infant, but you will grow in your service and spiritual gifts which you will use to serve others as you grow and mature in time. I suggest that, like a child, you place yourself in as many situations to soak up food, meaning teaching, conferences, life groups and conversations with mature Christians. In addition to this, look for practical ways to serve in the church. For example, setting up the chairs, helping with tea and coffee, etc. Serving in these ways will teach you many important spiritual lessons. Service to others is very important and will help you grow into the nature of Christ. This is how people around us know that we are his disciples, when we love one another. Serving one another is one of the greatest expressions of imitating Christ and expressing his love.
Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking our meeting together, as believers for worship and instructions, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. 1 John 3 verse 16 says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are the household of the faith. Global or Universal Church versus the Local Church The Universal Church The Universal Church or the Body of Christ consists of all those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, all those who have received salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 says, For by one Spirit we were all baptised into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. The local church. We see that in the province of Galatia there were many churches, what we call local churches. Paul wrote in his letters or epistles to all the churches in the cities of Galatia, not just a specific household or church. This means that although there were many local churches in one area, they were all part of the body of Christ making up the universal and global church. Galatians 1 verses 1 to 2 says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. As you start your important spiritual journey, seek God and he will reveal the family you need to connect with to grow in and to build his kingdom on the earth. The Lonely Ember by Dr. John MacArthur A member of a certain church who previously had been attending services regularly stopped going. After a few weeks, the pastor decided to visit him. It was a chilly evening the pastor found the man at home alone, sitting before a blazing fire. Guessing the reason for his pastor's visit, the man welcomed him, led him to a big chair near the fireplace and waited. The pastor made himself comfortable but said nothing. In the grave silence he contemplated the play of the flames around the burning logs. After some minutes the pastor took the fire tongs carefully picked up a brightly burning ember and placed it to one side of the hearth all alone. Then he sat back in his chair, still silent. The host watched all this in quiet fascination. As the one lone ember's flame diminished, there was a momentary glow and then its fire was no more. Soon it was cold and as dead as a doornail. Not a word had been spoken since the initial greeting. Just before the pastor was ready to leave, he picked up the cold, dead ember and placed it back in the middle of the fire. Immediately it began to glow once more with the light and warmth of the burning coals around it. As the pastor reached the door to leave, his host said, 
thank you so much for your visit and especially for the fiery sermon. I shall be back in church next Sunday by Dr. John MacArthur. Walking in obedience, water baptism. Once you have found a church home, it is important to start walking towards taking a very important step in declaring your faith and obedience to the Word of God and going through the believer's water baptism. Matthew 28, 18-20 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me, and in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Baptism is first introduced in Matthew 3 verses 2 to 12, when John the Baptist began his ministry as the forerunner of Jesus Christ. John preached a simple message to the Jews that they were to repent of their sins in preparation for the coming kingdom, which meant the appearance of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. John's baptism was a baptism for the Jews. Prior to Jesus' ascension back into heaven, he gave the command to his disciples to baptise in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. This instituted what is referred to as believers or Christian baptism. You don't get baptised for salvation. It is an act of obedience to God that you fulfil after salvation. The Bible is clear that we are saved and receive salvation by grace through faith in Jesus, not by works. Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For example, the thief on the cross next to Jesus in Luke 23 received salvation through belief in Jesus, even though he was not baptised. Believers' baptism is taught in the New Testament as being a symbol or a picture of what has happened in the life of the person who, by faith, has believed in Jesus Christ and has been saved by his grace. It is an illustration of what has taken place in the new believer's heart, which cannot be outwardly observed when a person is saved. Salvation is followed by a public testimony of a person's belief in Jesus Christ through water baptism. Baptism is a picture of the gospel. That pictures the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thus, being baptised by full immersion in water, the believer visually shows the spiritual death, burial and resurrection of the believer's life. Who can be baptised? The Bible is clear on a believer's baptism. Anyone who has received salvation after professing faith in Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection, and who has repented of their sins and has received forgiveness of their sins can be baptised. See Mark chapter 16 verse 16 and Acts chapter 2 verse 38. 
Many ask, is there an age limit to those who can be baptised according to the scriptures? It is important to follow what the Bible says regarding the age of someone who can be baptised. There is no explicit mention of infant baptism or an exact age of baptism. However, scripture is clear that we are to repent and be baptised. Therefore, that person must personally know Jesus as their saviour and have an understanding of turning away from their sins. Young children and infants cannot have that understanding, therefore we do not believe it is necessary for them to be baptised until they have made the decisions for themselves to follow Jesus Christ. What happens when we are baptised? We need to consider both the physical and spiritual here. What happens physically? You are fully immersed in water. The Greek word baptizo, which the English Bible has translated into baptize, means to submerge. Therefore, any other method besides this full submersion does not fit with the meaning of baptism. For example, sprinkling of water or use of holy water as part of baptism. The symbolism of death, burial and resurrection of Christ also has to be considered namely death and burial, going down into the water fully, and resurrection, coming up out of the water. What happens spiritually? The Bible is clear that water baptism is a spiritually significant time in a believer's life. In Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and God spoke. Have a look at Luke 3 and Matthew 3. It's a spiritual statement that you are committed to following Christ. Water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism are often linked in scripture. Take a look at Luke 3, Matthew 3, Acts 2 verse 38 and Acts 10 verses 47 and 48. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed this segment from our J Revolution Neogenesis program. For access to our full program and other free resources we have available to help you deepen your relationship with God, visit us at www.jrevolution.net.